Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast series. You're now listening to the special edition of our show about SAP's industry cloud. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of our podcast. If you've tuned into previous episodes, you'll know we're talking a lot about something called SAP's industry cloud. If you're still wondering what the heck it is, well, keep listening because we're going to talk about it on this episode again. So focus of today's episode is SAP's industry cloud, but we're looking at it in the context of a specific industry as we normally do. Today, the industry is the professional services industry. And as always, I've brought on two very smart people that are industry experts to talk about this. So today I have John Rhodes with me. He is the um, head of professional services at SAP. And then I have Anthony Octerson, who is the founder of Keytree and now a partner at Deloitte. So super excited to have both of you joining. I thought maybe you would both give a quick introduction of yourself so our listeners can get to know you. So perhaps starting off with uh, Anthony, tell us a little bit more about yourself, Keytree, and your journey to Deloitte. Hi, Hi Josie. Uh, thanks very much for having us, having me here today. Uh, so I um, I was one of the founders of Keytree. We were a technology uh, consultancy started up about 15 years ago and work in the SAP and the digital transformation space. And just uh, last year, uh, October, we were acquired by Deloitte, which is uh, very exciting and uh, has helped make Deloitte number one SAP uh, partner globally. So, um, you know, that's uh, terrific. And um, I've got lots of experience in the professional services industry from building uh, our own company. Uh, we were, of course, a professional services organization, and I've also worked with a whole range of different professional services companies as, as customers in my time. Well, glad to have you on. And John, how about you? Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, yeah, delighted. And it's always great being invited somewhere and being described as an expert. That's wonderful. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, John Rhodes, I head up the Industry Business Unit, Professional Services of SAP. Um, so our main role is to guide SAP's products from an industry perspective, really thought leadership into development and then straight, staying as a trusted advisor to our customers. But um, as always, really great to join you today. Same, and I've had you on before, John, so I'm excited to have two Brits on the podcast today. That's, I think that's always a good thing. So let's get to it. I want to first talk a little bit more about the industry from a high-level perspective and look at what's going on. And I think it's not possible today to talk about how industries are being impacted without talking about something called COVID, because that's obviously impacting all industries and all of our lives. So in the light of COVID, what trends do you think are impacting the professional services industry today? Perhaps I'll start off uh, by asking you, John. Yeah, and I think we, we did have a discussion probably nearly a, a year ago even, and who would know that it's still going on and we're still being impacted as we are. So I, I think we're still seeing the challenges of um, deploying organization skills in, on a remote basis, and we saw the shift to digital. But I, I think we're 
not really coming out of it. We're just adapting to that going forward. And we'll talk a little bit about that, I'm sure, shortly. Um, but what we are seeing is how do you take all the skills which you would bring to bear um, and really present them to your clients in the best way. Um, and, and this idea of skills shortages we'll see is going to be critical as well, because you know, acting in a remote environment and you don't have a usual intake of skills and identification of skills, it's not that hard, not that easy, sorry, anymore. So that's one thing where the, the talent supply chain and management of skills I see is something which will continue post-COVID, if we can call it post-COVID. Essentially, it's going to be this, uh, whatever it is, calling a new reality. Uh, and, and being able to take the best of those people um, and non-people-based assets is going to be critical going forward. Uh, so that's one of the key things that we see. Um, and I'd certainly be interested uh, to get the views of Anthony as well in terms of um, being in professional services and, and seeing the transitions he's seeing and what he's seeing there as well. Mm, yeah. Anthony, what, what, are your, what are you seeing? Uh, well, it's been a mad old year, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> um, so, uh, I mean, what's been what's been extraordinary is how quickly everyone has adapted to working remotely. So, uh, and still keeping their businesses moving and being successful. So, I, I think what you know what underlies all that is resilience. Mm. So, firms that have done very well are those organizations that were um were already digitally set up to to succeed in that environment so you know obviously zoom uh and and uh communication tools like that is is part of it but it's also the underlying systems that support organizations uh and people being able to use their finance systems their hr systems uh their sales systems and so so on remotely and therefore digitally uh has been has been um hugely interesting and hugely important for i think most professional services firms so there's a huge thing about resilience there that to john's point that's not going to go away that's um that is part of uh for you know it's important to firms that want to be successful in the future and it's hugely important as part of whatever this new normal is as well because COVID um, feels like it's got a long tail and we're going to continue to see disruption, I think, over, you know, not just this year, but it'll go into next year as well. There'll be probably, unfortunately, another wave of, uh, of this uh, somewhere, whether it's the UK or, or other places in Europe. And so that, that resiliency um, is, is being really important and, uh, yeah, the key point, I think. I think you're spot on. And John, I just came to think about what you said, which is that we did an interview about yeah a year ago talking about COVID. And here we are talking about it again. I just think it proves that it's not something that's just going to pass, that companies in, in all industries, and especially, of course, also in the professional services industry, really have to be able to figure out what the long-term strategy is so Anthony just talked a little bit more about how firms are responding to what's going on. Do you have anything you want to add to that, John? Yeah, I think the uh, we spoke a little bit Anthony, about different routes to market and different services and the key driver. And we see that across a number of different industries as well. This idea of repeatable revenue or subscriptions or, or a way to 
have a uh, predictable revenue stream. And that goes back to the idea of resilience. Um, I, I think um, a lot of professional service firms, traditionally you could have like this idea of feast or famine. So I could have lots and lots of work and lots of projects and then they could drop off. I think what COVID showed us uh, was that you can still engage customers and get new work in a remote base, uh, basis, but having some form of consistent revenue stream, either knowledge as a service, digital products and that type of thing, um, is something which is highly attractive because it gives you more predictability and, and also you can manage the you know the peaks and troughs from a talent network perspective as well so I do see that continuing um, I also think and we we looked at this and we expected you know a few years ago to have a, a, a new competitors coming in and we are seeing increased competition but we're also seeing quite a lot of uh, acquisition strategies as well. So where we have new competitors coming into the market who um, you know, potentially would have historically keep, kept on growing and growing and growing, they get to a certain size and then they're required. So there's a lot of consolidation happening. And I think part of that consolidation as well is to get some of the assets and IP-based uh, activity as well that some of the bigger players are trying to do. So it's very dynamic at the moment, both in terms of the types of services professional service firms want to deploy, how they find people, and, and also, also how they are growing. So not purely organic, but quite a lot of acquisition that we're seeing. Mm. And I think you guys talked a lot about the ability to be resilient, which is obviously crucial in today's world. But I also think being able to innovate fast is critical. And I believe that's really one of the prime reasons we've introduced SAP's industry cloud in order to give our customers a platform where they can rapidly innovate with um, our partners and our big ecosystem very quickly with that unique industry flavor. So I said in the beginning, we'd talk about industry cloud, and I'd just love to get your thoughts on that. So John, how do you think we're helping, SAP's helping firms address the trends and industry challenges that we're seeing today. Yes, and Sonia, and I think that's the, one of the key things you've hit nail on the head. Industry cloud for me is a way to be uh, you know, very quick and agile in bringing some breakthrough new uh, functionality and capabilities to firms. Uh, but at the same time, it's very carefully curated by SAP. So we, we've had a a very strong focus in professional services on the professional services value chain. So, you know, how do I win work? How do I plan that work and engage it? How do I resource people, um, you know, ultimately build, get money and make profit? And, and so that value chain, what we've tried to do uh, and succeeded with industry cloud is identify areas where we can, you know, really um, enhance what the firm is doing um, and we'll talk in more detail a little bit with Anthony around his solution but essentially it's examples like better matching of supply and demand for resources more efficient input of time better planning of engagements now these are all things which traditionally you know you might be taking quite a long time to roll out to your um, to your users and your practitioners with an industry cloud approach it's a cloud-based solution which is integrated into the core of SAP's functionality that can be adopted in a quick and agile way. Um, and, and typically that's what firms need. They need a quick approach to roll things out now, uh, cloud first, which is obvious, but also it needs to fit very well with their core SAP assets. And, and that's what industry cloud does essentially. It's providing breakthrough tech capabilities in the cloud, tightly integrated to our core solutions. So thank you for that explanation, John. And I think like, 
we talked about industry cloud isn't possible without our partners, right? And Deloitte is one of the first partners to deliver an industry cloud solution. So Anthony, I'd love to hear from you what you see that the benefits of this approach is for our customers, our partners, and for SAP. Okay, yeah. So I, I think first point is that the industry cloud is part of the overall uh, reference architecture from SAP. So their, their concept of the intelligent enterprise. And it's important to put it in that context. So what the intelligent enterprise concept is that you as a firm are connected to your suppliers and your customers and your talent, so your contingent workforce via digital technologies. You have core, clean, untouched solutions at the heart of your business, your ERP, which would be S4HANA, uh, and your HCM systems, so uh, success factors, for example. And then for your, for your um, uh, innovation, you do that in the cloud outside of those core applications and that's where the industry cloud fits in so it is a space where we can create specific solutions for specific industries be they cpg be they um, automobile and so on in this case professional services where they connect via apis they don't give you a huge tco as a firm because you're keeping that core clean but you're delivering innovation to those organizations in a, in, a, in a modern architecture. And then you underpin all of this with data platform, um, business technology platform from SAP, and then underneath that you have hyperscaler infrastructure that gives you, gives you the scale. So that is, I, that's, I think, hugely important context because this, the industry cloud is part of that, that big picture of you know, what does the future enterprise look like? And, and it gives, in my view, it gives the industry cloud uh, real credibility because it's built on um, that, that future-looking style of platform. And then within it, within the industry cloud itself, uh, the concept, uh, I think, provides a few things. So you, you, have, you have a business model that's actually really good for customers. So that's the number one important thing. Uh, customers get benefit from this. So uh, instead of them investing in innovations and developments, they can get them as a service from either partner or SAP and the cost is much lower and they don't have to worry about that innovation. So big tick for customers, big tick for partners because most SAP partners, professional services firms, and therefore they're after that repeating recurring revenue. That's a stream for them. And it's a big tick for SAP because it means that um, they, they can fill white space where their products don't quite do uh, you know, what, what, what the specific industry organizations require. We fill that white space and we have a, a complete end-to-end -end solution that gives you know, real, real value to, to customers. So, um, so that's two of the things. The third thing is community. So I think the industry cloud gives um, gives both customers and partners a focus point to collaborate on delivering new value in, in these spaces. And um, yeah, and we've seen that actually as being part of the industry cloud in the professional services 
industry, we've been collaborating with another partner firm who you know, actually we would probably never have come across, but we're now sharing ideas with them about you know how we can deliver more more value to customers in in the pro services industry. So um, yeah, so I think that's a that's sort of a, a softer but still important benefit as well. Oh, a hundred percent. I think what we're seeing today is that being able to create communities coming together, building off of the strengths of each other is crucial to be able to win. So all in all, I think this is a winning strategy for everybody who's involved with SAP's industry cloud. And just to make this a little more tangible, because sometimes things can seem abstract when we don't have concrete examples. Could you give us some details about the solution that you've been working on that's part of SAP's industry cloud, Anthony? I'd love to, yes. So uh, so it's called uh, Resource Pro, and it is a sales and operation planning app for the professional services industry. So it's built for S4 HANA, it sits in the SAP industry cloud, and it draws data from sales systems, CRM style systems, HR systems, and your project delivery systems, which in the main is gonna be S4 HANA. And what it does is it enables customers to balance their demand, so the sales pipeline, their sold projects, with their supply, which is their employees, their contingent workers, recruitment, and also digital workers. And by balancing that supply and demand, you get a very, very clear view of what's going on with your business. So why is that important? Well, essentially, you get to see your shortfalls or oversupply against all of your different resource types in different time windows, so short, medium, and long-term, and it allows you to take action on that. Okay, so that has in pro services firms, particularly ones whose main business is projects, that's really high impact because you drive up utilization and so you drive up your margins. And uh, again, the, the, the secondary, another secondary sort of benefit of it is customer satisfaction goes up because you can move quicker and you can resource your pro projects more accurately. You also have better staff morale as well because your staff aren't sitting around on the bench because they're better utilized. Yeah, it's it sounds like a, a winning solution all in all. Um, John, do you have anything you want to add to that? Because I know obviously we've talked about being able to collaborate and this has been a very collaborative approach. So what's it like uh, to have been working with Anthony on the solution? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's great. And this is one of the benefits of Industry Cloud is uh, I think, um, and maybe it was, I don't know, Anthony, well, how long ago it was, maybe 18 months ago, we, we discussed and sat around the table saying, you know, how do we crack that uh, mystery of sales and operations planning in a professional services firm? You know, we, we have very detailed resource management, but if you think about, you know, the equivalent to what manufacturing firms do at look at, you know, what is my demand coming downstream? What is the supply and match it? There was, not anything like that really for professional service firms. And when we think about some of the trends we spoke about, about resilience and predictability of revenue, that's one of the key things you need to be able to do. You need to have an idea of, you know, what is a, my work or backlog that I've got and, and, you know, how am I going to satisfy that? And if I can't satisfy it with the resources, can I do it with, um, you know, contingent labor? You know, perhaps I can use automation in some cases. So, 
Um, the whole process of thinking about the challenges of the professional services industry, uh, collaborating with Anthony and team to, to come up with a solution and then getting to a point where you, know, you have this fantastic approach and solution to do it. Yeah, it's really the evidence. And, and this was, I guess, pre-industry cloud when we started talking, but it's a perfect example of industry cloud. It's based on business technology platform. So uh, you don't have open heart surgery on your ERP system, but it provides you with always tools to be forward-looking um, as we discussed you need to be. Yeah, mm. so great experience. So, and as as he said, it, it, it does require close collaboration between SAP and partners. And that is, I think, the future as well as we go forward this, as you mentioned, this network of organizations. Um, so yeah, very exciting times. Mm. And it is exciting times, even though we are in the midst of, of still in the midst of a global <laughs> pan, pandemic. Yeah. And, and I do actually genuinely think that the professional services industry is such a fascinating industry, especially when you look at it in the context of COVID, right? Because for example, I take someone like my brother, who's a lawyer in Denmark, who's never been able to understand the fact that I always work remotely, virtually, and now he's doing it and seeing that transition and what's happening, like you talked about in the beginning that you have to be able to use digital technology today, even though you're in, regardless of the industry you're in, is a really fascinating thing to me. And speaking of COVID and what's going to happen, I, mean, I always joke on the show and say, take out your crystal balls and everyone starts to get a little bit nervous because I don't think it's very possible ever to predict the future, but perhaps even a little more difficult uh, during these times. But Let's try anyways, just to pick your brain first, Anthony, what are you seeing? What do you think will happen in the future when we talk about the professional services industry and the post-COVID, if there's ever going to be a post-COVID era? So, well, I think, um, I think we'll try and think about it in, in categories, because otherwise it's just a big, uh, it's a big lump of everything, isn't it? So, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I think about it in terms of in increasing competition and uh, there's a, a number of things that come out in that area uh, and it's very real you know there are customers are in a stronger position than ever before they're better informed they've got much more choice it's there's lower barriers to entry so there, there is this real sense of increased competition in, in professional services there is skills shortage we know about it across the globe, particularly in technology. So I think we're seeing, and we will see certain uh, certain trends as a result of, of that. And then the third category is this drive for repeatable revenue. So it's, it's um, and we're seeing some things as a result of that. So, so um, I guess, first off, the competition, uh, things that we are seeing, and I think we'll see more of is, um, competitive pricing so yeah natural right um now what does that mean in professional services it means yeah rate card pressures but also things like outcome-based contracts um so there is a trend uh, that we are seeing for that and you know this it's not just about um fixed price contracts but it's also about you know attaching um uh value to uh payments and uh, and so on 
There's things like package solutions, so something that we did um, uh, at Keytree and that we are also doing within Deloitte is this concept of package solutions where we have fixed price, fixed scope, fixed time, and, uh, and you know, we give that certainty to customers. Now, as a result of that, those professional services firms take on more risk. So, um, because, uh, and therefore, you know, there's opportunity there for solutions that support managing that risk. But that's definitely, definitely, you know, a real, a real trend. And I think the other thing in, in the competition space that, that we see is this drive for innovation. Okay. And it's, it's, I mean, this whole thing is, is, you know, blurred. You could say, well, technology is the driver for that rather than competition. Sure. There's lots of factors here, but, but, but the innovation is, necessary for firms to jump out from the competition you know why why do you choose uh deloitte over um accenture yeah that that, that kind of question and, and actually you know so often the answer is well because we're hugely innovative you know because we have these products in the professional services industry that we've created because you know we're thinking about the future um or because we have innovative commercial models or because we have a um uh the environments to help our customers drive innovation as well so there's a lot a lot going on there as a result of that that competition i've probably talked enough uh, around that that point but yeah, I, mean, I think that honestly makes makes perfect sense and i think this is not a time to sit still and think that you can run business as usual because most likely your stakeholders your customers will see that happening and I think innovation is the key to continue to progress. So, John, what are your thoughts? I, do you agree with what yeah. Anthony said? Yeah, I totally agree. And I think if I look at it through, you know, perhaps three different lenses, one from a customer perspective, traditionally a lot of customer relationships with their providers were very personal ones. It was, you know, you would know the person who came to visit you, and they, they, it, it would it would be hard actually to switch providers because you had that personal relationship. I, I think some of that is slightly moving away, and now you're looking at initially remote relationships. So it's easier to establish relationships. So that competition angle increases because you could go to uh, obviously providers locally, but also globally and, and the delivery is remote anyway. So it doesn't matter if a person is a, you know halfway around the world as long as they can do it. So from a, a customer's perspective, you've got a huge amount more choice and, and that increases the competition. I think from the firms themselves, there's probably two angles I would look at it. One is how do we in future keep on developing the skills and the people and not you know allow them to be isolated and, and obviously over time we'll get back into the office and we can do that but it, it's really ensuring that we can get people back into uh, I would say we a combination of remote working. I don't think we'll ever go back to spending, you know, huge tower blocks full of uh, people, but we need to make sure that people are continuing to develop their skills. And I think networking and mentoring was obviously part of that. And, and that needs to continue more effectively in future. I think and that's, I think that, yeah, I think that's yeah. really interesting uh, because, because the, there is this idea of, um, you know, we're all going to stay remote. You know, you've seen some firms say that um, some, you know, globally, massive firms say and um the concept of what is this new hybrid approach is going to be fascinating because um i think there's you know it's going to be more innovation in that space now you know what actually works best for our our employees and i think in the professional services space there has always been this 
um, learning from being around the the senior experts concept. Mm -hmm. So you bring on, yeah, your firms, your big four consulting slash accounting firms, and and the smaller ones. They bring on smart graduates, and they go through good systems to learn through projects, through seeing senior people make mistakes and or you know conduct themselves in certain ways. And in the remote world, that is really hard. And I think, you know, it's just going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. You know, do we do we force all of our people back in buildings uh, to to ensure that next generation gets the skills that they need, or do we find a different way of doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but one thing I I can't help but think of when you're when you're talking about all of this is experience. If I think what you're essentially saying is that we're going to perhaps move into a hybrid model of digital and physical, and we have to figure out what does that world look like. Doesn't that also include the experiences as a competitive differentiator for both when we look at the employees, but also the customers uh, who wants to, yeah. <laughs> to take that one? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And that's why I think there's the experience in a classic way is you know trying to understand and, and capture feedback and that's going to be important going forward is capturing feedback from your customers especially in a remote world and uh i think that i can't remember uh who the actual author was dawson who said you know when interaction turns to digital you need some way to capture feedback because you're not actually going to sit there in front of them and get that direct feedback so there needs to be some way of doing that and, and capturing that experience is critical. And then there's the, obviously the actual experience of the individuals. And that's where we do see an increasing use of technology to identify cross-transferable skills or equivalents and things like that. So somebody who's been great in a particular area, uh, we can see about being cross-transferable to somewhere else. And it's something which, as Anthony pointed out, you maybe would have picked up on it if you were sat in a project office together, you'd have seen what they were like. It's really hard to do when all you see is you know a bunch of utilization and timesheets. So absolutely spot on, Josie there. And I think the digital one's interesting that firms will increasingly look to have some form of digital products which don't require you know peep headcount. Let's say we spoke about nonlinear growth some time ago and that idea of I can sell a digital product a thousand times a person once, and and that will increasingly be the case with firms that. Uh, they'll be balancing, if you like, if you imagine a portfolio of really smart people and, uh, and resources, physical resources and then digital resources. And in future, that's going to be the balancing act of using people to build digital resources and people as a differentiator to your customer. But um, as I said, I, I think people short, so as a short term thing originally, now it's, you know, what is this hybrid approach going to look like? And, uh, and, and technology will help firms do that, um, as well as, a, I, I think, a changing culture to a degree as well. And once again, we've got to use some of the, the experience management systems to help with that. Well, on those words, I think we can wrap this up. This was for me such an exciting podcast episode to do. And I think, John, you kind of hit on right, the really critical piece, which is culture. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the future as we move into this hybrid world of digital and physical and see how the culture is also going to shape the way that we work together internally in companies, but also how we engage with our customers moving forward. So 
John and Anthony, thank you so much for coming on the show. You were thrilling guests to have on and who knows, maybe we'll be doing another episode in a year. Hopefully it'll be less about COVID, more about the new hybrid world that, that we will be living in. But thank you for coming on the show. That's yeah, great. Been, yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's been lovely. And yeah, looking forward to a year's time when uh, we're in the, a brave new world and we're not talking about it, definitely. Exactly. Well, let's, let's, let's make it sooner and do it face to face. Exactly. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Agreed. That's how we approach the physical part of it. All right. Yeah. Thanks Good. to all of Bye. our listeners. We'll hopefully see you on the next episode. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this special edition of our show. Subscribe to our channel on OpenSAP, Google Podcast, and Spotify. For more information about SAP's Industry Cloud, check out sap.com slash industry cloud.